Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I wanted to address this because a lot of questions surface that I just don't have the answer to, but perhaps Dr. Graham Gagnon does. He's a professor of water quality and treatment in the Water Resource Studies Department at Dalhousie University, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Professor Gagnon, how are you this afternoon? Very good, John. How are you? Likewise fine. Uh, are you familiar with this rather comprehensive investigative uh, report that's gone across the country. Perhaps you were even a party to it, I don't know, uh, but we were just talking about it last hour. Familiar with it? I am familiar with it, and it's a, you know, it's a great job by the journalists uh, who did the work. It's a tremendous um, long-term project. What about that project maybe uh, you can highlight or really jumps out at you? Um, well, I think there was, uh, there's a number of aspects. Obviously, the, jur- the journalists were very thorough about um, thinking about where water quality is coming from at the tap, not just large cities. They looked at uh, small cities. They talked about they looked at daycares and schools, as you talked about at the top of your news hour. So they were they were pretty thorough in their investigation from that standpoint. They're also thorough in their investigation at uh, looking across the country. Uh, at different provinces and um, and trying to understand the scope of the problem um, at, a, at a number of levels. So they did a, a very thorough job in that respect. Yeah, one of the things that I was citing with our own investigative reporter, Megan Robinson, last hour was that nearly a third of all Ontario schools and daycares had at least one test result that was above five parts per billion uh, mm-hmm. in the timeline cited in that two-year uh, span, 2016 to 18. Uh, that seemed inordinately high to you. It did to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem it does seem a little high, um, but I think obviously for Canadians, um, you know, we, the the policy has changed uh, quite substantially since, um, and obviously Ontario, as you noted, was one of the few provinces to require testing of uh, schools and daycares, and that you know, two, even though they've been going on since 2016, that's a relatively uh, fresh piece of data in the grand scheme of things. So it is, it's on the one hand, surprising, but perhaps it's not surprising if we haven't been um, trying to quantify it prior to, to certain dates. What do you make of the threshold uh, five parts per billion, as is federally uh, mandated, I guess, or at least advised, and then mm-hmm. we've got, you know, some provinces are 10 parts per billion, like Ontario. Five parts, I'm, see, I'm not even sure if we're splitting hairs here on parts per billion. Uh, is any uh, actually permissible? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's a, <clears throat> I think there's a, an element that um, whenever you have a a zero, the problem is you you need some kind of benchmark to actually measure against, and so there's there's caution to just have zero, you know, five parts per billion is is fairly low given that the detection limit is is not much lower than that, with reliability, so I think there you know there's an element of of um, being able to to quantify that is important. Um, so, I mean, in terms of what Canada has done with, with five, they've certainly raised the bar, if you will, of, of raised the standard of ensuring safe water for Canadians, and that's, that's a very positive thing. Do you believe that this study and the results coming out now as we're reporting on it, and it 
seems like uh, all media outlets, so we're a party to it, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, have a stake in the matter. Is it going to change the testing regimen across the country, or in certain communities at least? That's a great question. As you know, the provinces regulate um, the the nation, puts a um, guidelines forward, Mm -hmm. Um, and so you end up with sort of a patchwork of how how, – water quality guidelines are regulated across the country. So it's a great question as to how this study will impact regulator, regulators uh, in addressing lead. Um, I would say it remains to be seen. We're focusing on lead. Uh, are there any other contaminants we ought to be aware of? Yeah, I think lead is a good contaminant to consider in that the households um, and, um, and municipalities have a part in that, as, as well as the federal government, and it, of course, lead is a is a recognized um, health-based parameter that is is known um, from decades of its of its uh, safety concerns. So it's certainly a spot-on contaminant to be concerned about. What about mercury, fluoride, any of these? Yeah, I would say you know there. There are, of course, many contaminants can, that can find their way into water. The challenges with many of them is is uh, how um, ubiquitous or how common they are. So mercury, for example, is is certainly isolated to uh, some notable areas. The um, Grassy Narrows comes to mind for sure in Ontario, but it's not something that is across every uh, community, whereas lead is something that would um, certainly, as the journalists have noted, has been touched on, on and felt in, in, in many, many communities. Dr. Graham Gagnon is on the line, Professor of Water Quality and Treatment in the Water Resource Studies Department at Dalhousie University. And so by way of follow-up, when we're talking about uh, the quality of our drinking water and who may be susceptible to uh, some of the consequences of lead in the water. Obviously, uh, this is a need-to-know basis that we're discussing it at some length. So, uh, Dr. Gagnon, I'm kind of curious if maybe sometimes uh, a test may show something on one day. It may fluctuate. You know, two weeks later, uh, there's a different result. Uh, Was the study perhaps susceptible to those kinds of variations? Yeah, I mean, I think any metric like that, as you point out, you need to be thorough in your analyses, and and repeat sampling is always important to get away from those variances. Um, And as I understand the reports, and certainly not going through all of the 70,000-plus measurements, my understanding from reading the reports was that they did go back to, to certain homes to repeat sampling, and I would say that that's a very good analysis approach to make sure that you um, understand the, the variability, of you, if you will, of the measurement. So how about on a personal or a private basis? Uh, some yeah. home, homeowners are concerned. Uh, what measures should they take? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, um, the approach that is used from Health Canada is a relatively simple one, and it's a randomized daytime sample. So a homeowner could go to their um, most commonly used tap, probably a kitchen faucet, uh, collect their sample at any given time during the day, and it's a one-liter sample, and, and then they can get it measured. And obviously, to your point, uh, the the frequency that the, a homeowner could do that uh, would only help to narrow their certainty um, or focus, if you will, of, of how uh, what their lead exposure might be in their house. What about people who may be uh, in urban or uh, rather uh you know, in uh, rural environments, sure. uh, spring-fed sources or well water, uh, is that a consideration? Yeah. I don't know if they were tested as well. 
Yeah, so I know uh, for some of the homes, I believe in, in Nova Scotia in particular, I know that uh, at least the news report that I saw from the global station here was, was reporting on um, looking at well owners. And typically, um, lead does not is not a very commonly found um, contaminant in groundwater or surface waters, but it's very much tied to the infrastructure of the home, whether it's the piping, getting water to the home, or whether it's the solder or the brass fixtures inside the homes, it's really more uh, associated with the infrastructure, if you will, um, that's conveying water in the home. I guess some of those folks, apart from lead, though, would have concerns about uh, the leaching of effluents, uh, you know, E. coli. We had the Walkerton situation here in Ontario a while back. And uh, even before you joined us, I had some callers who were expressing concerns about uh, byproducts from radiation treatments in cancer wards going into the water supply. You hear of uh, hormones or estrogen being at high levels in certain water supplies because of uh, maybe flushed uh, pharmaceuticals and things like that. Are, are these realistic considerations? I, you know, obviously, there's an element of, um, you know, any uh, product, you know, from a wastewater standpoint is certainly going to appear at a very trace level. The, the concern with lead is, 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 is much different because they're at a sort of a higher concentration level for one, and it has a certain health aspect that is known and certain. Some of the other... Um, other types of byproducts, we wouldn't necessarily have the toxicological evidence to make clear, informed decisions about this, whereas lead is, is certainly in a different category. The other thing that makes lead a bit unique compared to a pharmaceutical agent is that you know a homeowner buys a house in, in good faith and doesn't necessarily realize that this solder inside the home had, um, had a percentage of lead in it. And so it's a, it's a bit different nuance than, than some other contaminants. You know, you mentioned that scenario. It's my understanding, uh, confirm or deny, that uh, somebody selling you that home doesn't have to tell you about the piping if, in fact, it may present a problem. Would you like to see that law changed? Yeah, certainly. I think if real estate agents are able to, uh, realtors are able to work with um, the homeowners to come up with a common way, I think, uh, to to signal where, whether lead is, is persistent. And, and certainly they've done that with other contaminants like radon. And, and if that's possible, that would be wonderful. A whole other category, as you cited before, is also fluoride. Uh, care to comment on fluoride in the drinking water? Because I know it becomes contentious. And, you know, you'll get uh, certain materials sourced on the Internet. And my goodness, uh, my head's about to explode when we get into that debate. But uh, any comment on that from your perspective as a professional? Yeah, not really in that, in that you know, the dental community has made some very clear uh policies and thoughts about fluoride in drinking water and why it's important for oral health. And as a water professional, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily question the Canadian Dental Association as to why fluoride is important. All right. Uh, well, that seems to be rather comprehensive in its own right. I really appreciate your feedback on this file. A lot of questions and yeah. good answers all. Thanks so much My for pleasure. your time. Okay. I know. You got it. Dr. Graham Gagnon, Professor of Water Quality and Treatment at Dalhousie University. Well, now you know, uh, it's one of those things where you just take it upon yourself if you're not sure and get your own water tested, whatever's coming out of your tap. And uh, if you sense that there's, or your findings are such that there is lead in the water, alert the authorities. And uh, it would behoove them if it's a municipal infrastructure that's the problem. They've got to address that. And immediately. Uh, certainly in Ontario, when it comes to schools and daycares, uh, that is mandated by law. They've got to do it right quick.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 